Hello everybody and welcome to Shy Squid Speaks, the podcast hosted by me, Squid Pinkaro, filmmaker and emo, <clears throat> although not necessarily in that order. Today I'm going to be doing something totally different and as I'm recording this podcast, I'm actually doing a live webcam on stickem.com. I've been playing with Stickem and basically it's like a web chat thing where kind of like a chat room except that you're chatting via via webcams and microphones although some people don't have microphones which makes it a lot harder gosh I got this great um my I'm, I'm feeling a little sick this week uh, I've got this slight cough and <coughs> as you can hear right there I'm feeling quite crook at the moment I'm not sure why it's caused. It's probably mainly of the weather. It's been raining a lot uh, where near where I live, and it's just been pouring down. It's just been bucketing down, absolutely drenching. It's like the weather of an apocalypse. It's really that bad. And and the small misty rain, you know that kind of stuff. It really the small rain that gets into the jacket and your clothes and your bag and your and your laptop and so forth and it just ruins everything and it just goes everywhere. There's also that bizarre misty rain. But it's been a quiet day, uh, so far. And oh, I might tell you about uh, my bout of food poisoning. Right, <clears throat> I was in the city in the CBD, and I was uh, I was making a film, um, a short film uh, about a personal subject, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But um, lunch came, and um, I had lunch at a at the local um, the Asian. Uh, What's that big place called? A food court, right? I had lunch at an Asian food court and I ordered something from, I think it must have been uh, the Singapore uh, Cuisine Restaurant. I can't remember what the name is, I, I, I forget. But I must have ordered rice and honey chicken with sesame seeds. And um, <clears throat> as I was eating this, uh, I, I just felt a little, uh, kind of like a mini explosion around my uh, stomach area. But that's not all. Later, um, I was so thirsty, because I was working on my film uh, very hard, as I always do. I'm quite uh, the... I'm very hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very hard worker. Uh and um that's a short uh, sexual innuendo there and uh, so i was getting very dehydrated and i decided to buy some orange juice down at uh, the ground level cuz i was editing the film and i was on the the first floor which is perhaps about the third floor in my honest opinion uh, that's how i usually see things it's always um I don't. In my opinion, the, the lifts in high-rise buildings always seem to lie to you. The the this this ground floor, this first floor, and this second floor. That's that's three floors. W what if ground floor was called number one, floor number one? Uh, the first floor will be floor number two, and the third floor will be uh, the third floor. Will, oh gosh, I'm confusing myself. Perhaps there should be a better way to label floors in high-rise buildings and the lifts and, and the stairs. 
I brought, I bought, and I brought a, a bottle of orange juice from the ground floor kiosk area, the cafe there. Um, it, it's probably called the Genera Cafe. I got it and I drank it and then I started reading it and it said 6th of September and I thought to myself, oh, hang on a second, that's kind of strange. Why has it got best before the 6th of the September? I said, no, wait, that's probably a 2010 date, okay. So I ignored it and um, I continued editing for another five hours and, uh, gosh, it was so shitty. I was... I was kind of left behind. It's probably my fault that I, I like to put my head hand up for these kind of things. And <coughs> ah, this damn syphilis of the chest. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, after I, I left um, the, the the building, and I was walking home, and again taking the public transport, I uh, I just started to realise that maybe the sixth of September actually meant September two thousand and six. So, by that same token, I must have picked out an orange juice bottle that had been there for four years. Fucking hell. I think it was 2006. It must have been. And as I went home, I was slightly, slightly food poisoned. And by slightly food poisoned, I mean vomiting. Just uh, not that much... I'd, I hate to ruin the tone of this podcast, but it wasn't really that much vomiting. Uh, one or two trips. Um, I'm not trying to be gross, I'm just trying to explain what my condition is. The hard life of a filmmaker-editor. Mm. But I, oh, it was so shitty. Oh, it was so bad. I, I resorted to eating strawberries and drinking lots of water and in the morning after I felt a little bit better but even my fellow filmmakers they had the same reports of um, not food poisoning as I have but uh, feeling a little bit sick it was one of those 48 hour things which I haven't done since the the, the Kino Cabaret in Adelaide uh, during the Adelaide Film Festival um, many years ago many many years ago but 48 hour filmmaking I'm fine with that I can do that I can do that right now I can I can go like that and I can make a 48 hour film but it comes at a cost it comes at exhaustion and although I myself uh, can deal with ex- exhaustion because I used to <laughs> go to university um, at the School of Art, and I can deal with it. Some filmmakers uh, find it pretty hard to deal with that sort of thing. But we had a screening, and it was wonderful. Um, all the films were truly magnificent. They were emotional. They sort of raised awareness. Anyway, the other people who were there, they found it really inspiring, and they learnt a lot, which I'm proud of. I'm I'm proud of making these um, PSA, these CSA type films. I've made three so far. Uh, one w- was for That's So Gay. One was for Youth. The other was an interview I did for a documentary. And one was this project which I worked on this week, which I might have said I've worked on for about uh, just over a month to do. Uh, storyboarding, writing, gathering all my images and gathering all the footage. And then I had to buy... Uh, some stuff, some clothes, and makeup, and you know, it just all adds up. 
But it was a fun process and I enjoyed it immensely. I'd just seen that ad for that film on television called Piranha in 3D and it looks so, so bad. It looks so awful. It's like a bad 1980s horror flick. Um, I remember when I was making my first ever film, uh, The Pussycatto, way back in 2003, there were these trailers of of this horror film. Uh, and it was it was set, it was made in the 1980s, and it had uh, big puffy hair and curls and <laughs> and I don't know the uh, the Elvis curly look I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay, the villain of the piece was chasing these young ladies, and uh, the villain, the bad guy, guess what his weapon was? His weapon was an electric guitar with an electric drill attached. And every time he would play a power chord, the drill would just would start spinning. And then uh, he used the drill to actually harm and kill these young ladies, his victims. It's oh, it, the most... I think that film must have suffered from very, very bad writing. What the fuck was that? What the fuck kind of weapon is that to kill the people? That was... So, so lame. That was so, so fucking stupid. There are probably even worse examples. And, um, I look forward to your tweets about it. You can tweet me some, uh, examples of that if you like. Uh, that's www.squidgeart.com slash Twitter. No, hang on. That's www.twitter.com slash squidgeart. But you know what I mean? It's so, oh, it was so absolutely lame. And, uh, th- this film, the Piranha, and it was in 3D. Why would you need 3D glasses to watch a horror film? I don't know. Or, or maybe, or maybe it is an interesting idea to have. Um, say, if there was in the film there was a first-person point of view shot, we're just slowly, slowly walking through some dark corridors uh, with a torch in hand. It could be an electric torch, or it could be a torch made out of sticks, mud, and twigs. And the victim is walking around. The victim turns corner. He turns. He turns. And and boom! Uh, a monster jumps on his face. I don't know. I guess that could work. It could work for suspension. Yeah, I think it could work. But, I don't know. Personally, I think Hollywood and other uh, filmmaking uh, centers is pretty much flogging the stereoscopic 3D donkey to death. Uh, So much so that the donkey is now dead. I think the 3D film things, it's... It was good for Avatar. It worked pretty well in Avatar. It, It was amazing in Avatar. It was so fantastic. But the thing about 3D films, it irritates young children's eyes. And... Most 3D films are those um, cutesy cartoon uh, 3D films like uh, Despicable Me and uh, the Pixar stuff and Shrek 4. And, you know, there's been some complaints that it it hurts children's eyes and which is pretty, pretty horrible enough. And also, 3D films loses detail. For me, anyway. Um... It loses detail. It's not as detailed as the Blu-ray or the DVD counterparts. I don't know when, when they have to make the two viewpoints. It's a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say blurred, but 
for me, for some reason, I can't see as much detail. It's not as rich as if you just seen uh, just a 2D uh, projected image. Uh, I just think in um, a filmmaker's perception that maybe 3D is uh, the 3D donkey is certainly certainly dying. I don't know if we're ready for 3D television, and that's another thing. A 3D television, even 3D games. Um, games have been made in 3D since uh, perhaps the 90s, uh, with advent of Wolfenstein, um, or not Wolfenstein, that was... Well, Wolfenstein was 3D environments by 2D sprites as enemies, and so was Duke Nukem 3D for that matter. Oh gosh, I miss Duke Nukem 3D, that was such a great game. Consequently, that uh, Duke Nukem Forever game, that vaporware that will never come out, it was just an unmitigated flavor. Flavor? No, it was an unmitigated failure. It's never. I know it's been picked up by another another developer, Gearbox. I think Gearbox is remaking Duke Nukem Forever, and I don't think I'm excited about that anymore because here's what I think should solve uh, Duke Nukem Forever's woes. If you just release the fucking game out and just let it be uh, badly reviewed and let uh, the fans be pissed off at the game because it's been taking just nearly a decade for that game to make, for that game to come out. And it was caused by problems. They'll keep on changing the engines. First it was... uh, I don't remember the names of the engines. Oh, I'm sorry. But it came... It just... They kept on swapping engines. What I mean by engines is the software that's used to make the game, uh, the software that's used to make the levels and the meshes and the models and the lip-syncing tools and whatnot. They just kept on trying to update it and, you know, come... That's bad word there. Just uh, be at the forefront of all the newest and greatest developments of um, video game... Uh, visual technology, and it's just a big failure. I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll buy it honestly, uh, which is pretty sad because I love Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, I bought the Atomic Patch, I bought the Plutonium Patch, and I remember playing it on the original PlayStation 1. Me and my brother used to play it, and it had three episodes New York. One on Mars and one on the other one. I remember the second patch had that that boss, a boss monster called the Underboss or something like that. I'm not so sure. I'm I'm a little bit drunk as I'm recording this. <clears throat> I remember there was a fourth episode. There was uh, and by episode, uh, by the way, I mean um, a group of levels that's bundled together uh, for the game. Half Life has episodes hasn't it? Episode 1, 2, and supposedly 3, although that hasn't come out yet. But there was a fourth episode, and a, a PlayStation exclusive episode. We played it. It was called Plug and Pray. Plug and Pray. And, um... What was a Plug and Play? Hmm. <laughs> My friend used to make fun of me for saying that, because I have a speech impediment. Anyway, there was Plug and Pray, and it was supposedly the most fucking hardest thing to ever play. It was the hardest fucking game ever in the history of of the world ever since Kurushi. And it was supposedly so fucking hard 
that all the game magazines, they try to play it, they failed miserably, they said a review that it couldn't be done, it couldn't be fucking done, it was too difficult. It was European extreme difficulty. It was hard to the 10th degree. It was so fucking difficult. It was extremely difficult. But me and my brother did it. And I remember the, the, the final boss fight, which, which, uh, was, which took place in a gridiron arena. And you had the jetpack. And to start the level, you had to jetpack upwards through this pipe. And you jetpack upwards, and you started floating, I suppose. If that's the correct term for um, uh, being stasis on a jetpack. And there was a boss monster, and he was surrounded by uh, the naked strippers that you find everywhere in the game. Uh, you know those? Remember those strippers in Duke Nukem 3D? Uh, you you press the enter button on the strippers in one of the levels, and you give them money, and they they uh, reveal their tits, which caused controversy in those days. Games could be they were tame. Now nowadays they're they're a tame compared. To to what the stuff that came out later, uh, there's plenty of games that are much, much more naughty than that, much more explicit. But I remember Conquest Bad Fur Day was one, and of course Grand Theft Auto 3, and Grand Theft Auto 4, and there was Leisure Suit Larry, and of course those 3D uh, eroji sex games that uh, allowed you to... Uh, Simulate sex act. What am I talking about again? Okay, the final boss f- battle of Plug and Pray, and you had it was this big fucking ugly monster, twice as tall as the underboss, and you had to lob uh, Archie the grenades or the torpedoes or the fucking rockets that come from the RPG that you get in the game. And I remember killing him, and and it was like elation, and we we finished the game, and uh, it was. Great, and it wasn't that hard after all. I've I've never heard to this day that anyone, anyone, uh, finishing the the episode online. Anyway, I should tell you about something that pissed me off. I had an online portfolio with all my graphic design stuff, all my logos, all my best uh, photography, um, type stuff, and all these web banners and website designs and so forth that I used to try and get a job in the graphic design industry and it's fucking gone my online graphic design portfolio is gone it's it's disappeared I don't know I don't know what what the fuck happened to it I used this site I was very good to this site and I was um, telling everybody about how good this site was and they fucked me over by removing it. I can't log in. I don't know, maybe it's a problem with me, maybe it's because I'm I'm fucking dumb or, or, or something, but it's disappeared. My online portfolio is gone. No, it's just pertinent because right now, I did a couple of graphic design designs in my visual art diary. I can't believe it. It's just an annoying thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even... I guess I could go look for the files... Uh, knowing me, I, I I back up every time, especially when I'm editing a, a film or a television program. I always, always back up. They, they drilled it into my head when I was at TAFE, when I was studying at TAFE in Australia. 
They always drilled it into my fucking head to always back up. Always, always back up. And that's why you see, um, like, a number of copy files whenever I'm editing, editing uh, my films in my, uh, my relevant folders. I don't know. Have that, has that ever happened to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Um, have you ever put such hard work in crafting a piece of art or a piece of literature? And you post it online, and uh, you're very loyal, uh, you're very network branded, um, to use that metaphor. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. And, and they just remove it. And it's like, what the fuck? You can, you can, you don't really want to go through the trouble of getting all the entire shit back to re-upload it to another service, which which might treat you better. It's just fucking fucking crazy. Last night, because I'm a fan of gadgets and gadgetry, I I rented a movie from the iTunes store. It cost me about six bucks, which uh, seems fair enough. That's how much it costs anyway to rent a DVD. I didn't want to go to the DVD video store for for some reason I can't remember. It's probably because I was tired and and I, I don't want to do, 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 you know stay. When I was a kid, um, I used to go to video stores all the time and uh, I would go to the video store and um, this was probably when I was 10 or 11, 12 or something and I would say to my parents um, I'll be here and you, they, my parents would do the shopping and they would leave me there and I'll just be in the video store and I'll just look at just the videos in every section I'll go to the comedy, the drama, the thriller, I'll just go check them out and uh, they must have been, this must have been in the late 90s, perhaps, or mid to late 90s. I used to do this, and it was just fun. It was really, really fun. Now that I think about it, it's quite quite dull, just walking around in the, the video store. I couldn't do that today. They just, I don't know, they just think I'm fucking crazy. The employers there, employees there. I rented a film from the iTunes store. And the film was The Hurt Locker, and it was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, yes, with the iTunes, I found it. Um, there were slight playback issues at the beginning of the film, the first one or two minutes, and uh, maybe it was connection problem. But uh, the way rented movies work, uh, you download it, and The Hurt Locker was about one gigabyte point six three. And I downloaded it, and it will stay there. And when you double-click it to go play it, to view it, uh, it will stay on your computer, I think, for about 48 hours. I know it definitely is about 48 hours, and then um, I think it, I think it may refuse to work after the time limit has expired, or I don't think it automatically deletes itself, but uh, maybe it does. Maybe it's an online thing. I'm not really sure how it works. It says here, duh, 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 the playing of movie rentals must begin within 30 days of purchase and must be completed within 24 hours of being started. Hmm. But you know, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good service and it worked pretty well. So I'm kind of thankful. Ah, oh, I should tell you the news. Uh, have you seen this? There's a 120 megapixel camera that Canon developed. It's a CMOS sensor that can record 120 megapixels. Fucking hell. Back when I was studying at TAFE, 
that was perhaps 2005, about five years ago, I was told that um, in, in web, anyway, photo cameras could be about 3.2 megapixels, and that's fine for web content. Um, nowadays, it's more customary to have a higher megapixel count, but back then, it was 3.2 was enough, and they've just released 120 megapixels. It's fucking huge. And the image resolution is about... Gosh, it's the highest level of detail of its size. Its resolution is so huge. Uh, There's high-speed readout, and it's done by parallel processing, if you know what that means. There are no delays in, um, in timing in producing the image that's being recorded by this. But this is so such good news. It's full HD. My God, I can't stop thinking about yeah, how big that's going to be. It's huge. 120 megapixels. And I'm used to about um, 6.4 that I use for some of my uh, photography. That that may look, that may seem pretty lame to you, but for me, I think 6.4 and oh, I don't know about seven or eight megapixels is pretty much enough for me. But 120, I just think, um, how 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 is from a consu- consumer perspective, I'm not sure what I would use it for. It's very exciting, and you know, HD is everywhere nowadays. Even consumer camcorders are, are HD, and at the television station, uh, everything's going HD now with the advent of digital uh, transmission, uh, digital television transmission. Everything's going HD. I think it's a wonderful technology, and I think it's massive. I just think. If if I get one of these 120 megapixel uh, cameras and I point it to my face and I'm and I'm recording a a, a weblog or a stickum and it's it's gonna reveal all the pores of my skin. My face is gonna look like the fucking moon. <laughs> you know what my problem is? I'm I'm involved with too many social networking sites. And as a fan of this st- kind of stuff, I love it. I love going on, on Twitter and Facebook. Well, not Facebook, but MySpace and YouTube and Stick'em and uh, LiveType uh, or LiveWire and Friendster and AOL and all sorts of these things. And I just think, too many. There's too many. I'm involved with too many websites. i got... I just need a hub or something that re- redirects to... Maybe I'm being vain. Maybe that's the problem, that I'm being vain. But has that ever happened to you? You sign up with so many different social networking sites. I just wish there was one. Maybe in the future, there'll be one one social networking so- site which does pretty much everything, which gives you the, the Twitter updates, the, the status updates, which allows you to post... Uh, flash videos and uh, AVR files and text and talk with your friends and uh, there, maybe one day in the future in the in the far far away future where we will read uh, books with our minds and the internet will be as real as physical reality that that would happen but you've got to ask yourself how, how much is too much can you um, deal with it all can you, or or are there some, like, uh, like MySpace, sad, sad story, that you don't use anymore? You know, I think the, I think rock bands still use MySpace, but that's pretty much 
all who use MySpace anymore. I know my friends has completely Facebookerized. That's right, I invented a new word. Uh, it's been a slow day for art news and digital art news. Nothing much has happened, really. I think Feast is coming up in South Australia at the moment. The Sydney Fringe Festival is about to enter. The Sydney Cabaret is about to um, start in a couple of months. And then it's the holiday season. It's the silly season. It's Christmas. It's it's Thanksgiving. It's New Year's. It's uh, It's everybody's birthdays, actually. What is it in October? It's it's me and my friends. Maybe this is um, a Central Australian thing where everybody's birthdays always lands on an October. I wonder why that is. Good news today. Uh, one of my favourite franchises is um, getting a new instalment. Uh, in fact, it's two franch- franchises mixed in together. Burnout and Need for Speed. Lately, I think Need for Speed is... Um, Focusing too much on the Fast and Furious kind of illegal street racing stuff, and I played um I played Undercover, and I think and I've played uh what's the other one? I um the one with the the orange menus, but I remember playing High Stakes on the PlayStation. Uh, very good game, excellent music, excellent tracks, excellent playability, an excellent story mode, and um. It was fantastic, and I played Hot Pursuit, which was one of my favourite games. Um, and I also played Hot Pursuit 2, which is also one of my favourites, which I thought was fantastic, and I love the mods. And Burnout, which I've never played, but I've seen a couple of trailers and demos for, and it looks pretty cool. Burnout is more of the high speed and the crashing sort of um, market, which I don't play. I like to have the... I love, I love my old school Need for Speed games and of course Tourist Trophy and Gran Turismo um, et al and and I love those kind of driving games so I've never actually played Burnout I, I should one day I will uh, I've bought a whole bunch of video games for my Playstation 2 I knew it I knew it, this would happen um, I always told my friend back at university my friend Stephen I always told him that one day Playstation PlayStation 2 games. All PlayStation 2 games will be 7 bucks. It's 12 bucks now, but but you know what I mean. It's cheap, cheap games. Uh, I bought a couple. I bought the original Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry, Devil May, De- De- Devil May Cry number 1. There I saw a couple of others. There was Gran Turismo 4, which was a fucking bargain at 12 bucks, because I remember it was 60 when it came out, 60 or 70 bucks. And I think Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories, um, Tekken 5 was about 12 bucks. I just, I knew this day would come, and I'm super excited. Oh, I just love, love, cheap, high-quality games. I just love them. Oh, my throat, like a chainsaw, just buzzing away. If chainsaws do actually buzz in my throat, just, ah, oh, cause me such pain. Anyway... According to Kotaku Australia, a new game is coming out called Burnout Hot Pursuit, which combines Need for Speed Hot Pursuit and the Burnout games, and it looks fucking awesome. But um, I'm more like the old school Need for Speed, like Need for Speed 1 and Need for Speed 2. Those were fantastic. Remember them? Oh, I remember playing them on my old um, shitty PC. The the PC I used to have that blew up in explicit. Inexplicitly, when I was watching a um, 
a YouTube video. And oh, there's this picture of this Bugatti Veyron police car. It looks fucking awesome. It's got a black and white livery. And oh my god. The weather effects. And it looks so, so beautiful. You could, you could almost touch the car. You could almost lick the handlebars. Uh, of, of the... Cars don't have handlebars. They have spoilers. What the fuck am I saying? Maybe I have been drinking too much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, is that even real? Are there even real Bugatti Veyron police cars? Let me see. Oh my fucking god, they're real! Look at that, I'm just, just looking at a picture of a Bugatti Veyron. <laughs> it's fucking true. But this one isn't doesn't look well, as realistic as the one in... The one that Kotaku reported, the pictures from uh, the Kotaku Australia website, but it's fucking real. And there's the fucking Formula One police car, there are Spikers, there are Ferraris, which I knew about. There's the Lamborghinis, which are famous for. It really does remind me of the old um, high stakes game. Oh, that was fucking awesome, and you can play as a police car. Uh, You can't do that anymore, can you? It's usually you're being chased after the police in the video games and not being played as the police. I'd like to see more of that, being playing as the police and um, stopping perps. Yeah, stopping perps. I've got a kind of a boner right now <laughs> saying that. <laughs> stopping perps. <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder if that... In Australia, they have the, the HSV police cars and the Ford Falcon stuff. Very, very nice cars. And they should. I think the police should have them. Because um, in the event of the high-speed pursuit, you need to have fast police cars in order to keep up with them. Um, I'd like to see more of that. I would like to see a Lamborghini police car in Australia. It's highly unlikely. The last supercar I saw in Australia was was a Ferrari 599 in... Adelaide, South Australia, when I went in Adelaide and I saw one go down the street, it looked pretty, pretty awesome. But no police cars in the shape of a Ferrari. Maybe the reason why they don't got those Ferrari or those Lamborghini police cars is because they're expensive. Yeah, that must be it. Hmm. I think that's pretty much all I wanted to speak about. And, oh yeah, I should mention to my dear friend who likes to take MP3s on my voice and to make uh, mash-up hip-hop songs using stuff that I said. Um, Anyone is more than welcome to download download my podcast via the iTunes Store or via Jellycast or via the website. You're more than welcome to download my stuff, import it in Audacity or whatever program you use to um, to edit your files with audition probably works as just as well premiere pro uh, is is still one of the best audio editing programs out there um, I know it's used most most nowadays for filmmaking well until the advent of Final Cut pro anyway but Prem- premiere pro still acts as a good audio editing program use my voice and to make music featuring my voice and make me say Embarrassing things. I know that tomorrow morning when I wake up, I, I'm just going to get a barrage of emails and tweets with mashup songs featuring my voice. But I don't really mind anyway. 
uh, that's all I wanted to speak about. Anyway, this is Squidge Pengaro, emo filmmaker from Australia, saying to you, thank you very much for listening. I love your support, and good night.